Hey everybody, and thanks for tuning in to Starting a Record Label. If you haven't noticed by now, this podcast is about starting a record label. But hey, this uh, last few weeks has been uh, kind of off-putting for me. I don't know uh, kind of where I'm really going at this point in time until the economy kind of gets rolling and we kind of lift all these bands and whatnot. So this week, I had my friend uh, Rod from RKVC on, and we just basically talked about like embracing online habits and doing video for you know, bands and artists. Uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, what I can do at this point in time and how long I'm going to have to wait until we get this uh, things, thing rolling again. Hopefully, uh, hopefully in the next month or two, we can probably get some semblance of life back. But for right now, um, we're going to talk a little bit about what we should be probably doing. Uh, in the next few weeks, hopefully going to have a few other interviews on. Probably going to be talking about uh, revised timeline next week. As well as the uh, the label name, we're getting close to kind of picking that out. Without further ado, here's uh, one of my friends, Rod from RKVC. We ordered groceries. Um, we're gonna see if they make it here. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to get my grandma like toilet paper for the last five days. Uh-huh. The only thing we could get her was like uh, tissues. <laughs> like, oh wow. sorry, I'm gonna clog up your system for you, but this is all I could get you in Indianapolis. <laughs> mm. It was just we'll random. see how this. Uh, Ralph, I think Ralph goes through Instacart, and I've yes. heard horror stories. I worked for Instacart, so. and like normally it's great to be honest. Like uh-huh. if, if you like, uh, and this is and this is a great idea for anybody that wants to just save a little bit of extra money on the side. Instacart, if if you just like chilling with some podcasts on and like doing some work on the side, like you could totally just go through and scan stuff normally without this you know whole virus thing going down, and it's cool. But now they'll send you to a store and it's like, oh, they don't have 90% of what you want. And so they can mm-hmm. either cancel or whatever it is. It's just, it's awful. Yeah. The only thing that would suck for us if they canceled is that we had waited a week. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, they, they wouldn't cancel. It'd be like the person wanting it would cancel. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So it'd be like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, or, or even, or even if like 90% of the order was missing, that'd be kind of disappointing. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a little crazy with that kind of crap going around. So what's the, what's the topic today? Oh gosh, uh, I mean it was just basically I, I wanted to kind of talk about the label in general, and I just I talked mm-hmm. about stuff uh, like solo ones before, and it was a little easier when I was talking about like specific things. But now that this this whole crash has happened, I mean, with uh, I, it's going to set me back. Like I have no idea, kind of at this moment in time, like how mm-hmm. far back it's going to set me because I'd actually like. I had put aside money every month for this, like, and even with the Instacart and with the Uber Eats and everything else, I was doing that on the sides when I didn't have mixing work and Mm -hmm. all that money was kind of going towards, going towards this big amount of money that I was going to have for the label. Yeah. Not only that is, you know, artists can't even get out and do anything right now. They're probably not even allowed to practice. So, yeah. Although like, uh, this is a little bit of a devil's advocate, but mm-hmm. um, it also kind of requires artists to have like already been hustling, you know? Yeah. Which which might be an issue. Um, but this is kind of like the time for online artists, you yeah. know? Uh, I just watched a thing. Um, this doesn't have to do with the, a musician, but it could apply very easily. Uh, one of my favorite channels is Colin Samir, and they uh, talked about how late night shows basically turned into first generation YouTube channels. Yeah. And one of the reasons they say like first or like early generation is that 
you can tell like Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers, um, they're, they're hosts, but they haven't produced a whole lot recently. Yeah. So you can tell like some of the technical struggles there, but like, you know, people like Liza Koshi, Koshi and Shane Dawson and stuff, they've been doing it forever and it's from home. They can make things look better than the late night show hosts can do in their own home, you know? <laughs> I noticed it's, that, man. It was hilarious. And so they were like, this is the time, you know, like David Dobrik's always wanted to be a late night host. He could literally, if he started a YouTube channel like tomorrow mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm going to like interview John Stamos and, you know, Drake or something, he could do it. Yeah. Because he's already had him in his car, you know? I wonder what it's doing for Rogan, because I imagine like he's already huge in the first place, but he's got to be way big now. Like, what what else is really getting produced and put out there? You know, it's just him and like one other dude. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I even some other podcasts, uh, like is him and his producer. I guess I'm I'm assuming they're not like roommates or anything, right? So they'll probably have to like remotely produce or something. Uh, what Rogan? I've seen him yeah. still in his studio, so I don't know. It might be like three people, like him, his like recording guy, mm. uh, and whatever the artist is you know at that time or the person is okay i mean i could or maybe they pre-recorded or something i don't know um i I can kind of see that though (laughs) okay i mean i I could kind of see though like i know one republic or at least most of them um are kind of quarantined in the same like you know when people are quarantined they don't doesn't necessarily mean like in a small space so i think like some bands or businesses have just kind of like opted to be within each other's company to continue business as usual yeah um, but then that's a that's a commitment. You gotta like your coworkers, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, One Republic's another one. So they they've been killing it because um, they were actually slated to release an album, and I think they're still doing it, like in April maybe. And uh, they've been uh, Ryan Tedder, the lead singer, on his personal Instagram. Um, I don't know if he's still doing it, but for like the first week of quarantine, he was doing a live stream concert every night on Instagram. Yeah. And since Instagram limits you to one hour of live streaming, he would use the first half hour make dinner, and he always ha- he told you the night before what it was gonna be. So like one night it was like paninis and stuff. He makes it, eats it, and then <laughs> the last half hour, him and the band just like mess around and they they play covers, they play songs he wrote for other artists, they play One Republic songs, they take requests you know, during yeah, the live stream. And I, I'm I it will be interesting to see the, like the stream and sales numbers when the album comes out. I'm I'm wondering if that was almost uh as good or better promotion than like whatever they had slated, you know? That's true cuz I mean to be honest, I didn't hear a lot from from them at that time, but like I'm also not in that realm very much. <laughs> mhm. Well, it, it like some of these like super like international superstar bands like One Republic and Imagine Dragons and things. They, you know, I feel like, um, like Americans, we're always aware of them, but sometimes we don't hear about their latest thing unless it's like a, you know, a number one hit or something. Yeah. And, but they remain like globally relevant. And so like Foster the People is another one of those bands. They came out with like a new album or maybe two new albums. And I don't think most of us heard about it in the States. I mean, singles released and stuff, but I have a feeling that the next one Republic album is going to be like that. It was going to be like pretty much fans and then if maybe they could have snuck on Kimmel or something but you know like them being one of the first artists that first week to like live stream every week every night I mean it also rose awareness of all the songs that Ryan Tedder wrote for other artists and stuff so I don't know if it was like a direct it's not necessarily like a direct um profit then again those guys aren't in the position where they need it you know immediately but it definitely I think like kind of solidified um their position in you know the music industry their fans minds you know just yeah. kind of like set them up for awareness it's really weird i've seen a lot of I don't, i'm not sure if i would call 
you know, One Republic, like a legacy artist yet, but like I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of what I would think of leg- legacy artists actually doing a ton of stuff online, whether or not they're good at it or not, doesn't uh-huh. really matter. I mean, they're kind of reaching their fans and that, that's going to be weird. Uh, you're probably going to see their, their streaming numbers jump up just because of that. Yeah, I mean, Citizen Cope did a live stream concert, and I immediately like tuned in because I'm both a huge fan. And way back when I used, I ran sound for him a couple times at a local venue, mm-hmm. and I, I can tell he's kind of part of the old school because um, I don't. He was probably he had to be aware of the chat, but I th- maybe he just didn't want to bother with it. So like he like I, I don't I think he put in the comments or something like a phone number, and he bought like a burner phone for people to text. <laughs> and like tell them requests and give comments and things and i was like that There's is so chat. adorably <laughs> why aren't you using the chat <laughs> yeah it was it's so adorable and i was like i guess i can kind of get that because you know me and vince do live streams every sunday and we have a relatively small audience and even then sometimes it's just hard to keep up you know yeah so maybe the phone is like i can do this at my own pace you know <laughs> i don't know that's true yeah i mean at least you can and you can scroll back to see the messages and stuff um how's that going for you guys i mean you guys you guys have obviously upped up uh, what you've been doing recently yeah we've been trying to um so we, we've taken this as an opportunity to uh try all the things that we were hesitant or maybe didn't have time to try before so i think that's different for every business and every band but for us specifically um since we slowed down our youtube video production last year uh you know if you're not familiar with our band just rkvc if you look up look us up like we had several big things happen last year which great things but it pushed our own album back a little bit and then pushed our youtube channel well it we kind of evaluated everything we're like we would rather get things done right than on time as far as the youtube channel yeah and so we did fewer videos they did much higher numbers once we release them because they have you know like way bigger production value and research and 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 um uh execution and at the same time though we were like we want to you know maintain connected with the audience so we don't just want to completely drop out which is the way youtube used to be like um you know one of my friends uh keep the heat you know he was big for music parodies on youtube and then uh, i think the public didn't know you know he got like cancer and then he's recovered but he never really came back and there wasn't a way for him to communicate that for us luckily live streaming is a thing so we live streamed every week before um and then when we told all our subscribers that we were like slowing down video production the one thing we did commit to is every week we would still connect with everybody and so Mm -hmm. it's always been a struggle that's a long way of saying it's been a struggle for us to find out what time is the best because we're um still small enough that we need to consider our strongest fans um, time because like we could pick any, you know, various times during the day and we'd reach a different segment. But if we can hit like some of the most faithful um, for us, I think that uh, is the most valuable because they're the ones that invested in us. So it was difficult to like try times because, um, you know, before Vince and I were all over town and meetings or events or something, you know, or a project or whatever. And so we did, you know, it was a struggle to try different times. And so for us, this whole quarantine thing has given us an opportunity to try like a lot of different like live stream times. Mm-hmm. Um, so currently what we're doing is uh, we mo- we moved our 11 p.m. Sunday live stream up to 4 uh, p.m. And we build playlists with our audience there um, to get to talk about music and our favorite music and a lot of other things, too. And then we figured out that, you know, we were like, oh, well, we, we have 
time now. So we, we ended up doing um, a, a second live stream at our normal time at 11 and then just kind of like hanging out with everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty, you know, low impact for us, um, especially now because we can just leave things set up on the same day. But we're going to like watch those numbers for a while and just see, um, you know, like are more people tuning in at this time or this time. And then we're hopefully expanding in the next week or two to more live streams, possibly mm-hmm. performing a little bit. Um, and uh, I might reopen my personal channel, just, you know, casual chat or whatever, just to kind of like see what's the best way to like keep in touch with our audience and potentially find new ones. But the the biggest thing is, yeah, to like keep in contact with everybody because everybody's isolated right now. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the time. Yeah, even with my family, it's it's kind of crazy just sticking here my kids are already just they're you know wanting to get outside or doing something else and you know every once in a while i'll take them for a drive just so i can take them down drive down the road and come back just so you can see something different <laughs> that reminds me I, I need to drive my car because i haven't like left in two weeks and i oh, yeah. it's probably not good for a car not to move that much eh, two weeks is not i probably just need to like i mean i mean now Three, i should probably like drive it around the block a couple times yeah <laughs> Yeah, I your, uh, I couldn't imagine being a kid Caesars. right now. I mean, this is perfect for my 30s. Yeah. But yeah, as a, as a kid, I wouldn't be able to be cooped up. Well, maybe video games. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think if you set me up with a Nintendo and like six games when I was little, I'd be fine for months. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's something else that's kind of uh, uh, been revealed to me through this whole... So, like, just a little background. Um, my bandmate, Vince, and I were roommates, and we've also been quarantining just to do our part as far as the impact for uh, Los Angeles and the current virus pandemic. But um, I I found that it's a kind of giving me balance back in my routine, you know, or a routine. Yeah, and also just being able to do other things has kind of like refueled the artistic fire, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you output so much, like there's, you know, there's a bunch of songs we write and produce and then, but we're doing so much of that. We're not like, living you know like outside of like the process of expressing what we were living and then we just kind of run out of things and so i'm feeling like now between like reconnecting with friends online and uh playing video games and watching tv and movies and stuff it's like oh there's this whole um like refill of experiences now you know (laughs) and feelings well yeah obviously then we can even catch up because you know rod knight uh and vince uh, have another podcast called Yellow Spandex where we talk about like comic books and superhero movies and stuff. So it gives us a chance to actually catch up on some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, it it, it kind of uh, at first it was kind of like, oh, what are we going to talk about on the podcast now? But I think we have some ideas. Like Josh had mentioned, um, well, once again, using opportunities. You know, maybe this is the time we like go over like old movies. You know, that yeah. we want to talk about and. Uh, I hit up um, someone that we collaborated with on our YouTube channel, Ron Wasserman, who wrote the Power Rangers theme song, and uh, he'll be joining us on a future Yellow Spandex podcast. It was just, it it was interesting. It did shut down things for our band. Uh, I can't necessarily like um, talk about here, but some people in our, you know, uh, more private um, subscriber channels and stuff kind of know. But at the same time, we have to kind of look at the opportunities that it created to uh, not just like lose this time that we have, you know, mm-hmm. and in a sense, you know, what what is the saying like like restriction or like challenges like breed creativity or something like that or yep. or, or uh, 
necessity is the mother of invention. Is that a better way? I don't know. It's there's like, a few of them, but there's yeah, the it works. <laughs> yeah, there's a potential that something better even would come out of some of this, you know? So, like, you know, we've been trying to reconnect with Ron for, I don't know, a couple of years now. Um, but one side or the other was always busy, and now both of us are just like, we can do whatever we want, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's nice. You know, I mean, like even that. for bands, though, I mean, I feel like while it's going to hinder them definitely 100%, I think it's going to strengthen the ones that are actually trying. Like, mm-hmm. it, it might even give them, like you, like you said, you guys were like, trying to do some different things and some things you might have been scared of to do before like if bands you know actually continue uh to, to work on stuff they're going to get better it's really weird i listened to this podcast called the punk rock mba and uh the guy's name is finn mckenty and he's he's actually a marketing guru dude but like he's been in the scene like punk rock <laughs> pop and hardcore and all that stuff you know he's, he's probably about the same age as i am so like that's what he started doing because he originally wanted to do you know, just helping out with business stuff. But then he's like, you know what? I know a lot about this stuff, so I'll talk about this on his YouTube page. And he got he got really big in that this like rock era stuff because he'll talk about, you know, what when you know certain genres died or or whatever it was. And mm. he always is talking about you know artists need to start doing more uh, online stuff, start doing not shy away from video. And all these other things, and it's it's hilarious how much pushback he gets. But out of that stuff, you know that there's going to be like a few artists and bands that are like, you know what, I'm going to take this to heart. I'm going to understand it's not just like some cranky old man yelling at me. Uh, this is actually how the industry works because he's doing really well. Why can't I do really well too? Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's uh, another thing is like you know, now, especially now, like what is the industry? So like, I know that's a really cliche question to, that yeah. you know brings up, but gets brought. I mean, the kind of rhetoric that gets brought up. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it's however you reach your audience or an audience, and yeah. that you know nowadays that most likely will probably be do be through like live stream with a YouTube or Instagram or something. But it, it could be through a major record label, you know, like to get that like Lady Gaga status, you needed an Interscope record deal. But, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of up to each artist and band to kind of figure out, like, what what are the opportunities I need to, like, either uh, figure out right now or reevaluate. Um, you know, because some bands, it might be, like, hustle more, but some of it might be, you know, like, well, we needed this time to pause for a second and, you know, and like, regroup or, yeah. you know, like I said, like, intake some creativity. Um, but uh kind of what you said like it kind of highlights the people that are already trying like you can tell the people that are struggling to get on live stream for the first time right now oh yeah um it's it's almost comedic like um what was i watching the other day uh oh, leah salonga who uh was the voice for a bunch of singing or the singing voice for a bunch of disney princesses like mm-hmm. mulan and ariel uh, Ari- not ariel ariel i don't know at least mulan and she was a guest, um, a remote guest on, I guess Rosie O'Donnell has a Broadway YouTube channel or something. And they live streamed her in and it was so lo-fi that it was the four by three framing aspect ratio. And um, the audio was like, not even through like iPhone head, iPhone headphone uh, mics and stuff. <laughs> and it, it would otherwise would have been such a beautiful moment because she sang Reflection from Mulan. And I was like, mm-hmm. she's incredible. But this is this is like two thousand seven, you know, YouTube webcam like video, this whole like, like from interaction. Your bed kind of thing. Well like they used to be 
people used to do, like covers from their bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of, but like I, well, I'm talking more of like the technical, you know, quality sense. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's somebody like that might be able to like kind of get by because Rosie Donnell has a you know known name and she has known people on there and stuff. But man, this is a time if you have a YouTube channel or or a musician that's like really good. Um, you know for a fact that people are probably not going to be out finding you on the road. So, like, w- because of the way things are right now. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, you know, when you play, like, even just locally, um, if all the venues in your town close, and specifically now, no more can open because it's, you know, illegal or whatever, you go where the, the audience is. And right now, the audiences are mostly online because they're at home. Yep. You know, so at the very least, if you fought it all the way till now, the only venues right now <laughs> are online. So um, it's worth learning about. And if you need to start, you know, with the whole webcam and, you know, do the you know, the old school like thing, I guess do it just to not let that be an excuse. But at the same time, if you have if you're a band, hopefully you, you have or have access to some rem- the semblance of like recording equipment. And you'd you know, be uh, honestly like hacker, you hacker tip, not you know, like hacker tip. You can hook up that recording equipment to your streaming stuff and have way better audio <laughs> than Citizen Cope did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but a lot of artists they just they don't like to be honest. Like, I've recorded mm-hmm. three or four bands in the last couple of years and they didn't have any real recording equipment, which boggled me. I was like, that stuff is mm-hmm. cheap. Like, why would you not be trying to do this? Like, when I was little and I was in a band, like, we were recording to, like, cassette stuff, like, with my church's sound equipment. Like, I'm like, all right, we're going to not, we don't need to go to a real studio. We're going to do this or that. It's going to be cheaper. Like, I don't understand why someone doesn't have, like, at least even for demos, like, a little interface. You'd be surprised. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is, like, a really cynical message to put out there, but, like, I guess this might be your wake up call too. Like if you're looking at this and seeing everything as a defeated road, then maybe this whole thing isn't for you. You know, <laughs> like if you're looking at this and you're like, I could never learn to run a minimal amount of audio in my computer to do something that six year olds can do now, then maybe this is not your industry, you know? <laughs> uh, Cause I, I feel mean, like it's easier than ever, especially with, way way Facebook especially with Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, that's the thing. I guess that's what I was getting to was, uh, you know, in in his, historically, even before technology and all the current technology and stuff, people who wanted to found a way, find a way found a way, you know? Like, you know, like you were saying with people like me and you, like, I remember, I forget how old I was, 11, 12, 13, something like that. And like, just looking up what a four track recorder was, and then saving up $200 to buy a Tascam, you know, Porta Studio. And then just figuring it out <laughs> and there was a you know years of awful demos and stuff oh. but they figure it out you know <laughs> those are awful sounding <laughs> yeah i mean cool but it's so sound, endearing right? i get nostalgia about it yeah i mean i wouldn't use it now but like you know it's just uh you know all this especially it's like all those uh guys and gals out there that like bought a guitar 10 years ago and said that they were gonna learn how to play it when they had time you got time you know yeah so now is like kind of the it's the great testing period did you ever have the motivation you know mm-hmm. i don't know same thing with this uh, podcast man i've been trying to keep up for like every week it's like i don't know what mm-hmm. to talk about now everything 
Oh, I was like, you. I was on like an actual plan to go forward. I was going to actually do my LLC and that takes, I, you know, it's going to be like $870 to do an LLC, even the cheap way. And it's like, yeah. okay, I, I need the $800 by week four. If I start it this week and I'm like, I don't have that right now. <laughs> like, and if I had, mm -hmm. if I had been working like every week, it'd been, it'd been easy to do. So it's like, all right, sweet. I'll, I'll start that or whatever and get moving. But like, I can't now, like, I'm not going to just throw money out there and you know, it would, I would have to pay that $800 at the same time next year, but I can't even do anything with that LLC right now. So I was like, yeah. I'll just wait until most of this stuff lifts and then I'll mm -hmm. start it because it doesn't make any sense to, you know, just throw my money out the window at this moment in time. Yeah. Cause you you hit like right in the middle of that. You haven't been in business to receive like the whole like stimulus thing that just passed. Oh yeah. Um, and you won't necessarily reap any benefits in the middle of it. So, <laughs> not that i this is probably a good scouting period for you you know it is i don't know if i was to that point though like i kind of wanted to get mm. rolling a little a little bit before i had i wanted to have like a decent amount of money because i feel like once i find a band that i like i want to fall in love with i'm like i'm like hey let's go let's do this that's just the way that i am but like if i do that now mm -hmm. i don't i'm kind of scared like i for one what can we do i don't really want to come out to your space and start hooking up video equipment uh, I mm -hmm. kind of want to wait until this is just a little bit past, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, although I don't, I'm not saying that this like is good that thing, you know, it feels like things are lower quality or whatever, but, um, like pretty big name artists have kind of like set the precedent that like DIY is okay. Yeah. Um, like, you know, uh, remember MTV unplugged like that whole series? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know how it is nowadays. I know when we were kids, it was like an event. You know, like when Alanis Morissette did MTV Unplugged, we knew that there was going to be a DVD set, a TV special, an album. You know. Yeah. Um, so I guess MTV brought that back on their YouTube channel. Um, I don't know if it was existing between the '90s and before what happened last week, but uh, JoJo, um, she, you know, she's kind of in her renaissance right now. She just got out of her record contract and. She's or her bad one and is able to release music now. Nice. So she did an MTV Unplugged from her bedroom, and it was the most DIY. She literally had a laptop with the instrumentals on her bed, and she just sat at the end of her bed and sang. And she just got into it. Like she stood up on the bed, got you know it. it like her, you could tell like her whole energy is like meant to be an entertainer, you know. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't like being in her like quarantine in her house wasn't going to stop it and not only that like mtv branded it as mtv unplugged and then posted it on their youtube channel unedited i i was watching for cuts i don't think there was any i think just like took her iphone video and trimmed the beginning and end and just like left it yeah you know what's crazy is like a lot of rock dudes will give give a lot of crap to pop people but mm -hmm. you know i've recorded her and I remember when she was talking with another dude that had a similar label problem, and she was just mm -hmm. sitting there bawling because of how much crap that she had to put up with the label. I mean, like, I'm guessing she probably doesn't write a lot of her own music, but the thing is, she's still an artist, and she can still sing her freaking rear end off. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, it's weird that a lot of rock guys would probably give, give pop people like that crap. Like, I understand fake stuff. I understand, you know, the Milli Vanilli kind of crap that goes on yeah. in the industry, yeah. but, you know, her, like, I just remember seeing her cry and being like, oh my gosh, she's real. <laughs> this is a real yeah, person, yeah. you know? She's also, like, super talented, you know, like, yeah. her her brand of pop is um, 
kind of transcendent, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's pop, but she's she's very much like a, a soul soul, you know? Mm. And uh, especially the stuff she's putting out now. You know, you can tell that, like, she's like, well, I'm growing. I don't need to hit records anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad like, she's out of she that She has a fan base that waited. What's that? Sorry. I said, I'm glad she's out of that deal then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, it, it's wild because... Um, I think you can watch on YouTube. I think there's a documentary about all of that. And, you know, she did. This. So here's another thing. I don't know if you've talked about this on the podcast yet, but the whole like publishing, you know, rights and masters and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, currently Taylor Swift is in this whole um, thing with uh, Scooter Braun, you know, because he owns yeah. the masters, but she owns the the uh, intellectual property. Um, so, well, you she know, would people. Own the songwriting then. I mean, not the masters. Yeah, the right? songwriting. Yeah, okay. yeah. She doesn't own the masters, but she owns the songwriting. And I'm maybe part of the publishing. I don't know, but she she still has her songwriting credit. It's just that the the masters that you remember listening to from Taylor Swift are yeah. owned by another company now. And you know, there's been talk of like you know re-record your songs, and it sounds like she's gonna do that. But you know, JoJo kind of did it first. Um, those first two albums that we knew from JoJo when she was a kid, mm. she went into the studio and re-recorded every one of them like identically. It was, it's so masterfully done. Like, you know, people who really, really knew the original recordings can tell that they're different, but like, it is unbelievable, even just as a musician, to like listen to them and be like, how close they got to all of that. Yeah. Um, she acknowledged in the interview, she was like, people don't want, you know, they want nostalgia. They want to, you know, hear, hear the song that they heard when they found it, you know, they don't want to see me try to like reinvent anything. And, uh, it, proved right because i guess she funded it out of her own pocket the re-recordings of two albums oh wow um they said they did two songs a day for i don't know how many weeks and the like i think she said like the first month or two that they put them on streaming services she recouped um all her recording costs Mm -hmm. so it's like the the interviewer was like what other artists can go away and not release anything for 10 years and still have a fan base waiting right What's what's so that's that's the best thing about streaming, streaming though? I mean, people people mm-hmm. get scre- streaming a crap ton, you know, of a problem, and it can be if you're signed to a bad contract because you don't mm-hmm. get squad of it. But if you got your own stuff, streaming can actually be really good for you, and especially in the long run. So I don't know. Yeah, is it's definitely made. It's a lot easier if you're like kind of independent. Yeah. Like. It, I don't think it's as sustainable for like a big record label because like if you're under like a big deal, like say you're under like a Sony deal, but you're not like, you know, a major, like an A-list artist and stuff, that's probably tough for you because you got to split it with like how many middlemen along the way. Um, yeah. And you're not getting top billing. But, you know, if you're just, if you're a solo singer songwriter, even in like a small band and you can do, you know, like a decent number of streams every month and stuff, it, it could add up, you know, on the right playlist and stuff. But hopefully, um, if you're like a large <laughs> label person, you're still making a lot of money doing other things. You know, you got anything from clothing to perfume lines and all that crap. So, yeah, maybe. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it, it's only that's usually like the higher tiers of the major artists, right? I mean, there's like, a lot of people if, just doing things like coffee branding. You know, there's it's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's YouTubers doing it. You know. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, you find what your audience is kind of about. You don't necessarily have to be the biggest. It helps, you know, definitely more numbers help. But, yeah, you know, like um, on the YouTube side, we I know, you know, weeks ago when Vince and I were on here, we were talking about Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star doing makeup. 
Um, granted, both of those are massive YouTubers, so that you know they definitely have numbers on their side. But yeah. Shane Dawson has done merch for you know over a decade, and everything that people expected from him as a YouTuber, I would venture to say most people never expected him up until a year ago to do makeup, like a makeup product. Turns out it's the the biggest selling merch he could have ever imagined, you know. <laughs> but who knew? Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna I mean, guess Jeffrey, sense, knew, especially. Yeah, it makes sense because that's kind of what his deal is. So I don't know. Yeah, well, he wasn't. He didn't do makeup before then, you know. But like, he always kind of looked done up. So, you know, well, Jeffrey Star did, but like not he had Shane Dawson. Like nice makeup. Okay, uh, Shane Dawson's fine. But yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying well, Jeffrey's been a makeup brand forever. You know, that's that's oh, okay. uh, given. But but uh, yeah, Shane Dawson. Him, you know, he he never you know he came out. A number of years ago, but he never presented, you know, like in drag or feminine or anything like that. Um, and so, like the makeup thing, I guess wasn't like a far cry, but like it had nothing to do with his brand previously, you know. And so it's just, I guess it's just saying, like you, you know, when you're thinking outside of even streaming numbers and stuff, and for merch, like it just might be something someone's not thinking about, you know. They, you want to kind of like find the correlation, you know, yeah. between you and your audience. I mean, like, I have problems sometimes with, say, let's let's take for example, Bad Bobby. <laughs> like, I had a problem with her because, and this my whole label kind of. Oh, got, oh, Bad Baby, got you. Bad I was Baby, like, as, I thought okay. it was Bobby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> anyway, sorry. The Cash yeah, Me yeah. Outside girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact that she became like a meme, and was mm -hmm. kind of just given all this stuff, like. As opposed to someone who was a YouTuber that just worked really, really hard and actually has talent, like because mm -hmm. I heard I saw the other day that she has a makeup line and it's like a million dollar makeup line right out the gate, and I'm like, oh, this person still kind of, kind of annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if it makes you feel better, that's not a great showing for that world. Yeah, but but it's still you know like I didn't know that. I mean, but I guess it makes sense, you know. I guess that should be encouraging to some artists too. Mm -hmm. Is like if you're already talented. If you can just get your brand, you know, like up and up, mm -hmm. who knows, you know, how far you could go. Cause like, uh, oh, who, uh, well, you know, like Bad Baby, like, you know, there's a brand around her meme. People know her mm -hmm. and stuff. And, you know, I don't think she's the worst, but she's definitely not anywhere near the best, you know, what she does. Well, you've got some good producers behind anybody. I mean, if you can't, if you can hold a tune in the bathroom, you get a producer behind you that's good, you can sound good. Mm hmm. Well, I guess what I was saying was like the brand was so on because even the songs that I, I you know that I don't love, um, like the the rap songs she puts out, like they're all on brand mm -hmm. for like what you see, you know. Yeah. So like those songs come out, I'm like, oh okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's the same with uh, other people just kind of like pop up out of nowhere. Like there's some other not not her, but um, people like in that realm of drama, like some of yes. our friends with their managers and stuff, and. Some stuff is manufactured, but there's a lot of stuff that's just kind of like they they just rolled with what was already there, you know. Yeah. And like I think Bad Baby is kind of like in the similar vein of the um, Gregory Brothers when they did the uh, the um, Bed Intruder song, mm -hmm. Antoine Dotson. Like they're just charismatic, and so like you can you know you 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 know this because you record an engineer, but like you can fix a pitch, but you can't like add personality and attitude to a take yeah I and mean, so i think that's extent. something mm -hmm. so i think that's like something that some of these 
artists and personalities have. It's like, uh, what was the, oh, Wolfpack, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they're a great band, but who knows if any of us would have ever heard of them if they hadn't pulled that Spotify stunt a number of years ago, you know? That's true. Like, uh, I'm not saying not that people should... kind of person, though. I mean, like that, you know, they're not like a Milli Vanilli to where someone tick them and, hey, we're going to produce stuff behind you and just make you from, you know this into that and it's pretty much 99% fake you know it's yeah well no, well so what i'm saying is if you are talented if you can get that you know be heard get your foot in the door or you know mm-hmm. get your brand on then you know the wolfpack they were a good band but yeah. you know they they took um like a memeable moment kind of you know mm-hmm. to to be discovered so like i don't think it's that I mean, Josh and i have talked about this um off mic a lot but i don't think it's necessary that like talented you know, people get ignored. So sometimes the talented people aren't exploring what maybe their best option to be noticed yeah. in the first place, you know? And so being online and live stream is definitely part of that. Like, it's really cliche right now. Like, everybody, literally, like, your your mom has probably tried to live stream at this point because people have been indoors for almost two <laughs> weeks now. But, you know, you better late than never, right? Like, you, you, if you're a band and you've thought about it, then, you know, now's the time to try to figure out how to do it. Specifically, if you can get the audio a little bit better than just like onboard, um, you know, your phone or webcam or whatever. Yeah. But if it takes using that to get you online the first time, just do it because that first live stream is going to be a mess. I'm just going to guarantee that. <laughs> just oh, take 100%. it from somebody who's done it a few you know, times. It's really funny. Um, I like Norm McDonald. I mean, like I I go back to when I was little. I was in that SNL, you know, Sandler, Farley, Spade, Norm McDonald era. And he mm-hmm. he had like a big produced like he, for one he had a big produced like Netflix like kind of almost podcast and then he before that he even had like a YouTube like somewhat well produced podcast and he didn't do anything for a real long time and just like these last few weeks he just started something where he calls his favorite friends like that are comedians on the phone like he has like another phone set up so it's like crappy kind of almost like you know telephone youtube okay thing and so he calls his other phones uh, friends from a different phone and he just holds the <laughs> phone up to his face and talks to them like chevy chase and other all these other people like and it's funny and it's nice. just weird and he's getting all he's getting a lot of views from it i'm probably gonna say he probably got a lot of views almost as much views as like the whole well-produced thing that he did like a few years ago so i mean if you got the fans or if you got people that are interested in you even a crappy like you know weird video is is going to do better than nothing yeah and also it's kind of hard to do a crappy video now you know, <laughs> you know? like it's i true. made fun of like the rosie o'donnell and leah salonga doing that thing but most of us have an iphone at least within the last couple generations or mm-hmm. even a samsung or whatever and you probably have if not a 4k camera at least a 1080 like hd camera on there you know yeah um maybe the most important thing that you need to know that you wouldn't know before is like make sure your lighting's good other than that, it's, you've probably got like more of a head. You probably got ten times a head start than any YouTuber or first generation live streamer did ten years ago. You know. Oh yeah, you do a simple Google search or YouTube search about like you know help me with lighting or help me with shooting my video, and like you're just gonna get a million, a myriad of like information that they did not have. So I mm-hmm. mean, even when I started doing stuff with my kids like a few years ago, like like oh wow, I didn't need that. Okay, that's kind of weird. And I put a bunch of money into that. I didn't need it. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. so. Even like if you, you know, if you take an iPhone outside during the day, like, I mean, obviously social distancing, so don't go to the mall or something, but like (laughs) 
you go outside, you know, your front lawn or something or somewhere outside where it's light and especially if it's overcast, you already have like 90% of the setup you need. As long as it's not too noisy, you'll probably have decent sound. The lighting's going to be wonderful. Yeah. And your phone's probably made for that. Your camera's probably made for that kind of exposure. And just do something, you know. I've seen Kelly Clarkson. I think she's like holed up in Montana on a family farm or something right now. <laughs> and she's been posting on her uh, show's YouTube channel. And it's just, I think it might even be vertical video. I can't remember, but it's, it's just, it's definitely on her phone. She's like in a ball cap with no makeup on. And she's like, y'all, I don't have my glam crew here. And she's just, (laughs) she's in her bathroom, uh, whatever the hour is that her kids take naps and she Mm -hmm. sings in the bathroom every day or two and post it on YouTube channel. I mean, if Kelly Clarkson can do this, you know, after, you know, like you, arguably she wouldn't need to, right? Like, people know her. She could go away for a while, come back with something new, mm-hmm. and be fine. But even she's keeping up with it. So you you should definitely keep up with it if you're not known yet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm trying to do it. That's why I kind of, I was like, you know, I don't have a lot of talk about this week. You know, how am I going to give Rod a call and see? Like, I okay. got some ideas to float past you. <laughs> like, what do you think? Yeah. But, you know, this has been good, too. So. Yep. <laughs> Definitely do it. Do a lot. If if any of you are in a band right now, think of doing live stream, or if you want to try to impress Josh to be in his record label, like live stream as much as possible. Like if you if you even just put, you know, if you're a performer, like um, Vince and I aren't necessarily in performing as much anymore. We're trying to like we're writing and producing a lot. We're working on our album right now. That's what we're taking advantage of. Besides the live streaming, is working on our album that we've been having to delay for two years now. But uh, you know, if you're a performer, especially. You know, if you were a gigging musician, like every week or every day or something, move that stuff onto uh, one of the live, whatever live stream thing you know how to use and just see and just put it out to all your friends and family and fans and stuff and just see who shows up. You don't, you don't know. I mean, it's a, I, for the first week, I think I watched like two or three live stream concerts every day from yeah. small artists and big artists and stuff. It really, it really equalized the playing field. Like, cause I would watch Citizen Cope and then immediately watch like, you know, some uh, indie artist I knew back from Delaware right after, and then then go watch Ryan Tedder do, you know, Paninis in the concert. <laughs> so, it's funny because, yeah, you know, I talked to Angie about, like, what, what you know, what are these artists going to do? And I'm like, dude, they could, you know, they could do a myriad of different things on their on their channel. Like, heck, they could just make dinner once a week and it'd be fun and be funny or whatever, and it, they people would watch. And it's exactly what Ryan Tedder mm-hmm. <laughs> is doing. <laughs> Oh yeah. oh yeah also you know we mentioned jojo um she knows her brand so well and i don't even know if she's trying like i think she just is a younger uh woman and she just vibes with that energy you know and so yeah. she she's been really blowing up her tiktok right now and i you know i'm not the biggest tiktok uh, consumer but like everything she's created for her tiktok channel like gold right like she has that intuition about that platform that i'm i feel like i'm too old for um, but she's been quarantined and she just makes content on her phone at her house. My favorite was, you know, her first big song was leave, get out. Like she did a quarantine version called like stay, get in or something like that. I forget what it was, but she did like an acapella update version on her TikTok, and it went viral. And I was like that, that's perfect. You know, um, Billy Joe Armstrong from green day did a cover of, I think we're alone now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is like a really great, like, I was like, Oh, that's a quarantine cover. I didn't even, even think about you know so it's so perfect yeah <laughs> well he's even got they have, they have their own studio up, up on uh 
San Francisco. So. Yeah, and I I have to check, but it looked like the lyric video they made was like DIY as well. If they didn't make it, someone else did it like kind of lo-fi at home. It's like stop motion with the lyrics, like made of mm. random home object, like stuff they'd be in your junk drawer, you know? Oh, cool. And uh, I don't know. It's just, this is a time to be creative because I feel like the big name celebs have kind of normalized the at-home DIY thing because of the current situation. Yeah. And so, like, if you can do that aesthetic but be a better production va- value than, like, Seth Meyers is right now. Yeah. You got to be golden. Have, have you seen Seth Meyers do stuff from home? I haven't seen Seth Meyers, but I've seen the was a Jimmy Kimmel one. And, uh, the, the Jimmys are doing great, I think, as far as they're, you know, like, they're basically just OG YouTubers. Um, in my personal opinion, they're not as funny as the OG YouTubers because you can tell they relied on, like, a whole production team. Mm-hmm. Um, but Seth Meyers... It's funny because one of my friends in Delaware actually writes for Seth, but Seth's production is like in his hallway. It it's it reminds you. Uh, Colin and Samir said this. His production reminds you of a college kid that's home for the holidays and just trying to like make something. Because mm-hmm. he's doing his same reporting style, but is literally just in the hallway of his house. <laughs> like Jimmy Fallon has his kids in there, you know, and Kimmel has some guests, you know, on, on the Skype or FaceTime or whatever. Mm. And Seth Meyers giving a monologue in like a hallway of a house. It's so funny. But I guess that's everybody's different, you know, little uh, personalities. Um, James Corden, he, he's not doing anything right now, but he did post a video that was kind of like melancholy um, from his home, like against the curtain or something in one of his rooms. And he was like, today was supposed to be our big five-year anniversary show and we had so many things planned, but here we are. And I was like, that's so sad. That's all he said. <laughs> But you know, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy because you needed a reason. Like the whole reason that we kind of talk about, or one of the reasons that we kind of talk about doing more uh, online video stuff for your for your band is because you know people like to see into that window into your life, and mm-hmm. I feel like probably with the Seth Meyers stuff and definitely with the Jimmy Fallon stuff, like oh, you get to see a little bit into their life, you get to see a little bit into their home stuff. It's not just like on stage like oh look at this or that you know it's it's like oh cool they're in that's in their hallway they're just being them themselves Mm -hmm. like and that honesty that's what draws people i think to especially to rock artists is honesty and for a long time i think that they felt video and doing like youtube and other things was a dishonest thing like it was that kind of fake you know what I was talking about earlier. We're like, oh, they're just trying to be this or that, and it's fake, and I don't like it. You know, it's weird, and this maybe I'm biased because you know a lot of our friends are like bigger YouTubers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my opinion, and this is not just—I haven't come up with all these ideas independently, but like they're these are kind of an amalgamation of things that I've taken from other creators and stuff. Um, I feel like it kind of tears down. Like network television is very entertaining. I can't lie and say I don't watch it. I, I watch the late night shows. I watch TV. You know, like not t- I don't watch cable, but like I watch TV on the internet, and like Netflix and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. But also, it's probably the most likely to be deceptive. You know, um, in the sense of I don't think it's a secret that at late night shows there's applause signs. You know, yeah, and those audiences. You know, they're fans usually, but you get corralled. Like, you know, if you're in Los Angeles for longer than a month, you can get into any of these shows, right? And um, 
the sponsors are you know sold through ad teams and then in the end the show is trying to get you to is getting paid to show the audience this ad for whatever you know ziploc bags or something to get you to buy it and stuff and so not necessarily the most dishonest thing but also like the motives are to sell you something right and then you knock if you go to to uh you know knock over to youtube um the it's the creator directly to a fan without a whole bunch of middlemen because there's some some youtube channels are big productions and we have some friends that have some big channels but even when they're bigger productions they're still independent companies yeah for the most part and so it's a smaller operation sometimes just individual people or just a couple of people and so you're benefiting some direct people instead of a bunch of middlemen that aren't really doing much you know like um it's you know like i don't know like uh you know our it was just you know me and Vince's channel like we don't have anybody involved besides me and him and then uh, our manager Jin helps like advise on some of the stuff we do and then whoever we collaborate with but if we put a video out like we're finishing a video about the Power Rangers theme song right now if we put it out and it does well I think like 80% of like whatever ad revenue comes in goes to us you know that helps us buy new equipment pay bills all that stuff and there's not like a network and like you know interns and PAs and stuff that are just taking cuts along the way and then, so I feel like, A, YouTube's more honest than a lot of traditional media, if not all traditional media. And then um, even further, you know, something like Patreon or subscriptions on, or like join memberships on YouTube and stuff mm-hmm. where subscribers like, um, you know, pay a membership fee you know, on, on Patreon and stuff every month and stuff is the most honest you could get as far as like creation and revenue. Yeah. Because there's no middleman. Like, the only thing that's being sold is the creator's content. So, like, anybody that supports me and Vince on Patreon, like, Patreon takes the processing fee, you know, to do their job. But, you know, we're we're not beholden to, like, we don't owe, I can't single anybody out, but one of the brand deals we do, did, we don't owe them a, an ad read. And it's not us trying to sell, you know, this product to our audience or trying to make a brand aware to our audience and stuff. It's just us doing what we do and the audience liking it and supporting us directly. Mm. And so I think those levels, um, for whatever reason, people seeing is less than or dishonest, you know, if you really break it down, I think is like the most pure way that creation is being connected with audiences. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I I think that they sometimes, those, those kind of people with those kind of mentalities, sometimes they'd be okay with, say like a band or whatever going on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever it is, or Jim or sorry, Jimmy Fallon. And they'd be like, Oh, all four. Like if, once they get to like a certain thing, they'd be okay with that. But for some odd reason, like the, I don't know if it's just them crapping on other people that are trying to do well, like just to push themselves up or I'm pushing someone mm-hmm. else down or whatnot. I feel like it's a little bit of that, but you know, mm-hmm. if since everybody's doing it right now, I definitely see the future being a little bit brighter. Yeah, I know. You know, like I, I was reading this about the movie industry, and I think it very much applies in a lot of ways to music and other entertainment. But even if like this whole quarantine pandemic like ends relatively soon, say within the year or so, mm-hmm. it's gonna take you know probably close to a year or two for like just gathering attendances to like kind of crop up, you know, to like culminate to something meaningful again. You think though? You know, I mean, I feel just, like once you open the gates and like, hey, it's okay to go back out. I think people are gonna like run out screaming, like get all the concert tickets they want. You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. The, the, the reason I say that is because in the movie industry, they so 
they usually, and this might not be the way with music in the States, but with movies, uh, they, they have been kind of paralleling things between here and international, you know? And so China kind of opened back up and they opened up their movie theaters again. And they found that people were very slow to return in, in, in at least in numbers the way they used to be. Mm -hmm. And so for that business, it was not as sustainable. Uh, and so that's kind of why we're seeing now that there's hints that these movies that they were never going to release on streaming might go on streaming now because they were hoping that, well, if we release them, maybe at least the Chinese audiences will, um, you know, make our box office for us or something. And it's looking like that might not be the case. And so, like, I'm, I don't, I, I think at first I thought, like, as soon as they lift this, everybody's going to just run outside. I don't necessarily think that's going to be true in every facet, especially, you know, especially for music because... Uh, you know, we've been in indie bands. You remember how hard it was to get people to come out to concerts <laughs> when things weren't under quarantine, you know? Yeah. Like, so I, I just, maybe the bigger ones, like, if One Republic announced a tour as soon as the quarantine was over, they'd probably be fine, right? Yeah. Like, I know Alanis Morissette, before this whole thing happened, was going to be on a big Jagged Little Pill tour, and I was like, I was looking for ways to get into that concert. And so, obviously, that's, like, postponed or canceled now, but if they announced that, you know, the day after the quarantine, she'd be on the Hollywood Bowl, I'd probably go. Mm -hmm. um, but for most of the people that are like listening to this podcast or independent bands and stuff, it's probably not going to be an easy road, you know, to to get people out again. Not immediately, at least, you know. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying it'll take a little while to kind of recover in that sense. I feel like it's hard to keep Americans in right now. So I don't know if it's <laughs> once it opens. Well, that I think the reason is because you tell them they can't. They can't go yeah. outside. You know? That's true, yeah. <laughs> There's, there's a lot of people who are just purely like, oh, I never went outside anyway, but now you say I can't. <laughs> I'm doing it now. You know? Like the church, was, there was a church yesterday or the day before that was like, we're not closing down. And like it's like packed. It's like, well, you you don't want to go to church when it's open normally. Yeah. Now that they're open during the pandemic, you want to go. <laughs> yeah, just to reject it, just show some sort, some, you know, sense of control over things. And so like, um, I don't know. I Like I said, I, I just, I think like... Um, not even individual shows, just the zeitgeist of, like, not the zeitgeist, the um, whole, like, if nothing else, it's just going to take a while to rev back up. Because even with the audiences, it, whether they decide to come back out sooner or later, mm -hmm. um, you know, the whole gig scene is just, you know, it's like a, it's a machine yeah. that keeps moving. And so it just takes a while for that to warm back up, you know? Because mm -hmm. I remember, you know, Vince and I haven't gigged regularly in like a couple of years now. But when we were playing shows, you know, every couple of weeks and stuff, it was just, a, you know, you kept momentum going on various things. Yeah, you, know, you play this city and then this part of the town and then this open mic gig. And you kind of it all rolls forward into like the next project, the next show. And like um, all the live performing aspects or appearances or whatever, that's all like kind of halted. So you got to like get, you know, the communities might be redefining themselves you know yeah um because in individual music scenes who's to say like some people are still doing it you know <laughs> yeah that, that might have been the last draw for some of them or some of them you might be coming out of this with you know albums and albums worth of tiger king music who knows <laughs> <laughs> that's true well but i i just i i think people should embrace the online thing now because in my opinion a, it's your only option right now, but B, even when things get better, you're probably still going to be utilizing or benefiting from being online for a while until things kind of return to normal, you know? Yeah. And you should be there already, <laughs> even without the quarantine. That's true. Yeah, you know, maybe people will actually learn. Yeah, I don't know. At the very least, 
it is not that difficult to try. If you have an Instagram account, you can go live and it doesn't cost you anything additional and you know, except for like whatever you already own, you know? Yeah. Like if you already have your phone and it can run Instagram and you have a decent Wi Fi connection, just try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Rod. Thanks for being on no and helping me talk through this uh craziness going on here. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to talk about a couple of possible interviews with some friends of yours uh, for the podcast. Oh, yes. And uh, I got a couple other guys uh, that I'm lined up. But like, you know, it's been hard trying to get people to actually, I don't, even though people don't have a lot to do on their hands, supposedly it's kind of hard getting a hold of them. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I will admit, right right now we're, in a, we're starting, I'm starting to see a time period where so many virtual, com- like, calls and conferences are coming through i'm like oh my schedule might be filling back up again yeah <laughs> that's true but yeah well thanks rod thanks for being on and uh no, thanks for having me it, you know if uh you guys want to check out rod at rkvc uh they have awesome songs on spotify and other places do youtube channel funny stuff uh check them out thanks man all right and i'll see you tomorrow for comic book podcast <laughs> and by see you i will i'll see you through the cast app <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm staring at the show notes on screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later. Later.